It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods.
Sure, this show is sustainable. We sequester all gas emissions to one room. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods, live on AM 1030, FM 95.1. 6.19 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Aha, it's back, Miss Mary. I hear me. <laughs> Morning, Chet. Oh, that worked. Okay, we have to remember that next time around. All right, for people just joining me, here's essentially what happened. Uh, we have this computer program over here. You know, artificial intelligence. Miss Mary, we should give it a name. Did we give it a name? Did we call it Harvey or something? I thought we named it. Anyway, uh, it's supposed to, when it gets done with news, send me uh, send a command to switch over to this studio so you can hear me. Well, for some reason, when we came out of news and weather at the top of the hour, it missed that command. And so the whole first segment of the program, I can hear me in the studio, but I know it's not going out. And so I just went ahead and did this segment because a lot of times there's people who are listening on the Wake Up Wyoming app who can hear the program. Radio stations are having a bit of a problem. So the radio stations went through a bunch of dead air. Yeah, I thought we had named it, Miss Mary's trying you know, I'm trying to remember the name of, uh, I thought we had named it like Harvey or Albert, you think? Okay. Well, then we can come up with a new name just to make sure that we name this thing because it's given us a hard time. Albert, something like that. Albert sounds fine. Albert and la his last name should start with the letter I. That way it's A-I. So if his first name is Albert, come up with a last name that begins with the letter I. Then we've named it AI. <clears throat> I think that's clever enough, right? Okay. I'm going to go back for those people just joining in and review what I began talking about because a lot of radio stations missed out there. One of the biggest problems in American government today is bureaucracy. Because Congress, lazy as they are, lets bureaucracy get out of control. And presidents often misuse the, the bureaucracy. The bureaucracy is supposed to just enforce the law as it was given to them. But what Congress will do is write an outline and then tell the bureaucrats, you write the rules to make this happen. You just gave the bureaucracy lawmaking authority. And of course it gets out of control. And I got many examples of it getting out of control. So not only is now the bureaucracy just writing law and not caring what the elected officials say, doesn't care what Congress says, doesn't care what the president says. But a lot of times presidents use it, like this particular president here uses it a lot, ordering the bureaucracy to do all sorts of things that could never get through Congress. So the latest here, Wyoming has joined a lawsuit, 21 states in all. Because the Biden administration, through the Federal Highway Administration and U.S. Department of Transportation, want emissions rules for interstates to go, or any other road that takes federal highway money, to go into effect January 8th. It requires the Transportation Department of every state, with the national highway systems, that's all of them, to create targets for CO2 reduction. So 21 states, including Wyoming, have filed a complaint basically saying they don't have the authority to do that. Congress has not given either agency the authority to regulate greenhouse gas emission, the complaint says, nor can the agencies compel the state to administer a federal regulatory program or mandate them to further executive policy wishes absent authority to do so, in other words, from Congress. 
Quote, President Biden is unconstitutionally ramming a radical climate agenda through the administrative agencies that lack congressional authority, says the statement. We will not stand by while this administration attempts to circumvent the legislative process. Montana's attorney general said the rule would disproportionately harm states that, well, people have to drive farther distances like Montana and Wyoming. And I don't even care about that. They just don't have the authority to do this at all. And then regulate greenhouse gas emissions on the highway. How? I think it's a push for electric vehicles. But all right. Another quote, this rule is another unlawful overreach and regulation by the Biden administration to force the president's radical green agenda into America's, uh, regardless of the cost. The one-size-fits-all approach might work in D.C., bureaucrats who cooked it up, but it won't work in Montana. And again, I don't care uh, whether they think it'll work or not. What they're asking for is to block this agency because they don't have the authority to write law like this. And once again, the president is calling a lie. So there's not going to be any delay on the tax increases? No, well, I got to get the votes. I got to get the votes. That's why, you know, the one thing that I I have this strange notion, we are a democracy. Some of my Republican friends and some of my Democratic friends even occasionally say, well, if you can't get the votes by executive order, you're going to do something. Things you can't do by executive order unless you're a dictator. We're a democracy. We need consensus. Really? Then why are you doing this? See, once again, Biden says whatever sounds good at the time. It doesn't matter to him what truth is. He says whatever he thinks sounds good at the time. So he's tried to get a lot done through executive order. Exactly what he just said there he wouldn't do. I have this strange notion we're a democracy. Well, we're a republic, which you could argue is a type of democracy. So he tries to make the argument, he's the good guy. You know, I go through Congress because that's the way we're set up. Really? Then what's this? And another story I have, which I'm going to get into a little bit more in the in the next segment here, but this to me is just baffling to me. Let's go to Washington State. Lawmakers in Washington State propose sending drivers a refund check to offset the carbon tax they have. Why not just not have the carbon tax? All right, here's how this goes. Drivers would get a fuel rebate check under a new proposal fire, uh, filed in Washington state legislators. And these are Republicans doing this. Uh, it would use $1.3 billion in excess revenue collected under the state's new cap and trade carbon allowance to distribute a one-time payment of $6.8 million to registered vehicle owners in Washington. The carbon action which started this year as part of the Climate Commitment Act in that state that was signed into law in 2021. The actions are anticipated to bring about $574 million in. The state has collected approximately $2 billion from this year's carbon auctions. Quote, it's not enough from what people have had to pay for gas prices, but it's something, Connors, and, and this is one of the... Uh, legislators talking here for a household with two vehicles it would mount about 360 dollars in the form of a mail check sending a check out in july again why not just not have the carbon tax rather than collect it and then give people a rebate on this according to some estimates the carbon tax has added about 50 cents to the cost of a gallon of gasoline 
in Washington State, about 50 cents to the cost of a gallon of gasoline in Washington State. And this is what they're saying they want to go ahead and rebate. So, again, why not just not have the carbon tax? Now, what I did just before I got out of here is I started to look up what exactly, when they collect a carbon tax, what does it go to? As you might imagine, there's really not an answer to that. Now, what it's supposed to do, they have an explanation for. But where the money goes, they don't have an explanation for. Morning, Judy. Grow a pair, <laughs> comply on one of them. Oh, okay. Yeah, I wondered I wondered also, Judy, like you, what does Governor Gordon think about this? Um, I, I, I really wonder, what, what does Governor Gordon think about the state of Wyoming joining a lawsuit? Because if the feds... Basically, the Biden administration want us to find a way to regulate highway greenhouse gases. And Wyoming stepping up saying, you're not allowed to do that through these federal agencies. You've got to pass a law. I bet you, though, Gordon looks at it as, as part of his not net zero for Wyoming, but net negative. Negative emissions for Wyoming. So what exactly would he like to do to achieve that? Again, I think that's, in their minds, a push toward electric vehicles, but we'll see. All right. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. That's news time right after news time. Update on your weather forecast, and you and I get rolling back into it. And I've done a little bit of homework, but I haven't come up with anything on what exactly they intend to do with a carbon tax, like they have in Washington State. They collect it, then what? Do, do they actually use it to fight climate change? In their minds, anyway. Let's wake up, Wyoming. and weather together at the top and bottom of every hour. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Six the time it's wake up Wyoming. Okay, so I was talking about last segment of the program. Washington State has a carbon tax. If you go buy a gallon of gasoline or just fill up your car, you're paying a carbon tax. And it adds about 50 cents to the price of a gallon of gasoline. Yeah, it's considerable. To the point that Republic I don't know if Republicans would be successful in this. Republicans are trying to put out a, a rebate, a carbon tax rebate to send to vehicle owners to try to pay them back for at least some of what they paid into, which my thought was better idea, don't have a carbon tax. But all right, that made me curious. I had to look it up. So what exactly do they use a carbon tax for? What they collect it, what's the purpose? Now, everywhere I went, and I have a whole bunch of stories up in front of me, but they all do the same thing. So what is the purpose of a carbon tax? Well, to make you use less of something. If they tax the CO2, then it makes it more expensive, and you'll avoid using it. 
Now, what they failed to understand is it also creates an underground economy. There's a lot of things that uh, people can get by going around the system. Depends on what it is. But in many cases, people just avoid the tax by going somewhere else. Now, not always possible, if, let's say, if you live in Washington State and you live in the middle of the state, then how are you going to drive all the way out every time you want to fill your tank to avoid the carbon tax? But usually there's an underground economy that pops up because of that. But all it ever said, every single story I came across says the same thing. This is what they have it. They're encouraging people, businesses, to use less of something. Okay, fine. That's why you have the tax. But what do you do with the tax? That was my question. Now, Mike, he's in Leeds, South Dakota. Carbon taxes are slush funds for the traitorous representatives. I don't, I don't doubt that at all. You think they would want to use it to fight global warming, right? Well, okay, if they did, they're not saying so, but fight it how exactly? Are you using it to plant more trees or something? What are you doing with the carbon tax? Or is it just a way to collect more taxes? which it may just be that, just a way they collect more taxes. Or they might spend some of it on what they call green initiatives. But where does most of it go, really? And most of it has nothing to do with climate change. This reminds me of some time ago, it was a big deal. States started not just cigarette taxes, but states started to sue cigarette companies to get huge settlements from them you you cause cancer in our state, so we're going to sue you. All right, now that they've sued and gotten these large settlements and they're getting money from taxing cigarettes heavily, what do they do with the money? They promise to take the money and spend it on getting people to smoke less, educational programs, things like that. And some of it was spent for that, but a lot of it was spent on all sorts of other things that had nothing to do with cigarettes. So even there's even uh, carbon trading that goes on where you can buy carbon credits. A, a lot of times companies are sort of pressured into buying carbon credits. And it's a talk about a scam, which was one of the people who set that up was Al Gore. And a lot of money changes hands in exchanging and trading carbon credits, which is supposed to be like trading on the stock market. But if you think about it, they're trading air, basically. And it's not even really trading air because when you trade carbon credits, it's not like someone has a tank full of CO2 that they send to you because you bought it. Nothing exists. They pretend to trade air, but nothing actually happens. So the whole thing is just a money laundering scheme and a scam. Which should be shut down, if you think about it that way. Should just flat out be shut down. I even come across this from the Brookings Institute headline here. Carbon taxes as part of the fiscal solution. United States faces large physical deficits for the immediate future, the next 10 years, long term. Although the current and recent deficits are to be helped with the economic recovery, the deficits of the medium and long term are troubling, and that certainly is true. So in this chapter, they consider maybe a carbon tax as a way to raise more money to try to help the federal government out of its massive debt. Do you think that would actually work? It's something extra to tax 
Oh, okay. You, they would estimate, let's say you own a company. Your company, they estimate, produces so much CO2 a year. You're going to be taxed on that, and that's going to go to the federal government as this another tax. As an individual, if you think you're going to get away with it, no, you're not. They'll come after you, too. 642, wake up. When you need to know quicker than the morning paper or the 5 o'clock news, you need Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Mornings on K2 Radio. Six forty-eight. The time it's wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to the ice box. Frank Gambino waiting by. We have this conversation every single year at this time. Frank, I don't do New Year's resolutions. I, I don't. Yeah, you know, okay. and, and 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 like every year, it's a good year and a bad year. Right. It's just just it, that's just the way it is. Yeah, I mean, that you is know, right. I mean, and I, don't focus on the bad stuff over well, here. Well, you, okay. you, you, you it, it just is. You know, so yes. but. And, and and sometimes you're like with res- resolutions, like like why are you waiting until the first of January? Exactly. Why don't you well, do it today? People yeah. like doing a fresh start. I guess here's my problem though. Every year, I swear I'm not going to make any New Year's resolutions, but that's a resolution which, by making that, I've already broken it. Right? Yeah. I? You you resolve not yes. to resolve, and then then that's that's breaking the resolution. Yeah. So I've already screwed it. Okay. So let me see. Uh, I resolve to be point zero zero six seven percent nicer to people. Why are you even resolving that? I just I'll it, resolve just, it for you. Just yeah, go okay. to one percent. Okay, just one percent. That sounds like a lot. It is. Okay. I, 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 you have it in you. You just haven't tapped your real okay. potential. Uh, I'm going to resolve to stop hanging out with people who keep asking me what my New Year's resolutions are. Uh, yeah, which means yeah. most of the people you know. I guess so. Yeah. Now here's what: since we always break our resolutions, I resolve to eat more and gain weight. Should be easy, right? I should be a lot thinner should and better be looking. Easy, because as I break that resolution, like I break all of them. See, if it's, this is reverse psychology. New Year's resolutions. Well, then you don't feel as bad if okay. you know you're going to break them, and you do. And like, well, I saw that coming, right? Um, I I resolve uh, to not spend so much of my own money. I'm going to start spending other people's money. And and. Wh- as soon as you figure that out, yes, I want you to tell you know. me how to do that. Oh, okay, too. that's us. Okay, um, let's see. I promise not to run any more red lights. I'll hurry up and make sure that they're like uh, ultra yellow first, and that yeah. I can run that. Yeah. Okay, so how's that so far? Is those are those I, good I think ones? You're, I think you're doing good, but you okay. know, you, but but you need to stop, right? Because then you'll start resolving oh. more, and we don't want that. College football, the Wyoming Cowboys will take on Toledo in the Arizona Bowl on Saturday afternoon in Tucson. The Pokes are favored by three and a half points after an eight and four regular season. UW lost to Ohio in last year's Arizona Bowl, and this will be the last game for head coach Craig Bowl, who will retire after the contest. What better way to send the coach out? And with a win on Saturday. Toledo is 11-2 and on the year, but the team they will put on the field on Saturday won't resemble the Rocket team in the regular season, and you can thank the transfer portal for that. Their number one quarterback, Daquan Finn, left Toledo. He's going to Baylor. Finn was named the MAC Most Valuable Player after he led Toledo to that 11-2 and mark, passing for over 2,600 yards and 22 touchdowns. Then, Toledo running back Penny Boone entered the portal, so he's gone. He ran for over 1,400 yards and 15 rushing TDs. That's a lot of firepower for Toledo that went right out the door. You know, it's 
kind of sad to see teams in bowl games that don't even look like the team that excelled in the regular season. And it diminishes bowl games everywhere. That being said, it's a 2.30 kickoff on Saturday from Tucson. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KOWB in Laramie. In the National Football League, it appears the Denver Broncos will be parting ways with quarterback Russell Wilson. They will bench him for the final two games of the season, really, for financial reasons, thanks to Wilson's big contract. He's due $39 billion guaranteed in 2024. If he cannot pass a physical in March, he will get another $37 billion guaranteed. So the Broncos figure, hey, you know, if he doesn't play and doesn't get hurt, We'll save $37 million. On the football side, head coach Sean Payton doesn't look to be a big fan of Wilson's at all and the Bronco offense in general. It's a mediocre team with a mediocre offense that's awful on third down and not very good in the red zone. And Wilson statistically hasn't been bad, but they're just not performing right. So Jared Stidman, who played for the Raiders last season as a backup, will get a shot here with the Broncos. It may be an improvement over Wilson. Maybe not. At 7-8, and eight, Denver in all likelihood will miss the playoffs for the eighth straight season. Wilson may be out the door in 2024. General Manager George Payton, who engineered this Wilson trade from Seattle and his big money contract, may be out the door as well, too. If anybody cares, the Broncos will host the Los Angeles Chargers on Sunday. Men's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowboys will be at BYU on Saturday, and the Wyoming Cowgirls will be at home in Laramie on Saturday to start Mountain West Conference play against Boise State. That's it in sports. Okay, who the hell writes these contracts for these players? You know what? It, it, half of this stuff has to do with salary cap, yeah. and, and it's the more I read about it, the more way over my head it is. Okay. I mean, each team has what they call a capologist yes. to, to deal with how contracts and voided money are spread out over years and oh, what counts God. for this and what counts for that, and you can only spend this much, and if you spend above that, then there's a tax. And, it, it, oh, oh, God. I, just, it, it, no, it, it's, it's unreal, Glenn. I mean, yeah, okay. Uh, I need to hire one of these people, though, because you and I, we got raw deals oh. compared to what these people who are professional sports you know, dudes get. So I, I think we can get better contracts. We need to hire a sports contract guy, whatever they're called. Yeah, yeah an agent. An agent. Oh, is that what they're called? Yeah. Agents? Yeah, okay, agent, we'll, yeah. we'll go ahead and get one from the NFL yeah. that made one of these sweet deals, and uh, they'll come in and talk to our boss here, yeah. which, of course, you know that just means we'll get fired. Well, well pretty much. They'll, yeah, they'll pretty go much. like, get out of here. Wake up, Wyoming. Six of time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. It is a Thursday, and I swear I can see the new year from here. Normally, I would say the weekend from here, but you know, we're getting into the new year. So, hang on a second, I gotta get up to this is something that I just thought that would probably fit just right with what I'm talking about here. And then there's that, there's the okay. So, what I have to find is aha, that's part of it there. The millennial, okay. I pretty much have this all set up and ready to go. I came across a story, which to me makes me feel good as we get into the end of the year. Some some good news. It's good to see. I mean, uh, good news, for example, the electric car industry is not doing well. And my main complaint with the electric car industry is your federal government, Biden administration mainly, is trying to force those on us. 
Yeah, it's not going well because you can't create an artificial economy. If electric cars were superior in not just quality but utility and price, you'd be buying them. All right. So you can't create an artificial economy. Wind and solar are starting to fail. I got a few more stories on that. As far as uh, companies putting them up or companies maintaining the sites, that's a good thing. And we've talked about why that is a good thing. But then there's this. So a lot of universities and even companies in agencies and government and so on have a Department of Equity and Inclusion. Yeah, that's a new thing, right? A Department of Equity and Inclusion, which is just completely not necessary. Now, when it comes to government, they'll keep that going, even if they don't need it because government. But a company only keeps in its company what actually is profitable. If something is a drain on the company's profit, that's what capitalism does. That's why capitalism is efficient. If something is just a drain on company's profit, they just cut it loose to get rid of it. All right, so here's the story. Uh, Wall Street Journal, editorial. It's uh, it's concluding that uh, DEI, as they call it, uh, which is Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Department, has become a, well, for political conformity, it works real well because politicians love it and they'll pay for it no matter what. But DEI just doesn't exist on campus and, you know, many large corporations do it as well or in government. But many large corporations have it. However, even though it ballooned sort of in 2020, it's been falling apart, especially in 2023. And that's basically because companies are looking at this as a great drain on money and resources. In other words, businesses run on real money. In the real world, not like the publics or, or, you know, the universities, for example, or again, your city or county or state government or even federal agencies, which have these departments. They'll just keep in tax. They'll just keep pumping in the taxpayer money to keep this going. Even University of Wyoming has Department of Equity and Inclusion, which I've said for many years. They should just shut it down because it's useless to the university. So... In the private sector, these departments have less latitude. Okay. Either they cost excess money or in other ways, in other, many other ways are just a drain on the company profit-wise, but also create problems within the company when it comes to employee relationships. They don't solve employee relationships. They often make it worse. Tough times, as we're going through, despite what Biden says, means companies need to streamline. Well, what do you cut if you're a company that's hemorrhaging money and you need to stay afloat because nobody wants to be unemployed? What do you do? What do you cut? Well, bye-bye, DEI. Big firms, not just small ones, who were into virtue signaling with DEI programs exploded in the wake of, the story says here, the George Floyd fury. But now, slowly but surely, companies are divesting, getting rid of them, getting closing these departments. The entire department may have been set up just, again, to virtue signal to the public that we're doing the right thing. But then, in time, as people were marginalized in the company, it caused more trouble than it was worth, 
people weren't focusing on their job. They were focusing on the Department of Inclusion and Equity and Inclusion and not working. In fact, I remember a few years, some years back, a friend of mine in Gillette, he worked at the coal mines. And they had to have a meeting every so often on diversity. Rather than being out there in the mine working, they're having a meeting on diversity. Now, this friend of mine, who's a white guy who's married to a black woman and they have kids, quite a few. And right in the middle of the re- this meeting, he raises his hand up and said, do I really need to be here? And they told him, J- just shut up. Just keep, you know, they have to do this. But more and more companies are deciding they don't have to do this. Now, here's something that was put out on Twitter. And this is from, uh, yeah, this is from Wall Street Journal. Departments that combine no value to a company's bottom line, like these Department of Equity and Inclusion departments, are the first thing on a chopping block as layoffs begin. Some budgets are being slashed as by as, as much as 90% for these departments. So no, for bigger companies, they often have an HR department, human resources. And that's because, look, sometimes people don't get along. And so that's why you have your human resources department to handle things like this. So the boss can focus on running the big company. In smaller companies, the boss is going to have to be human resources as well. But in big companies, it can be so onerous the way people don't get along. They have a department for it. But your diversity, equity, and inclusion part of it, those budgets are being slashed by up to 90%. It says here, DEI exists to be a jobs program for otherwise unemployable meteorocracies who ruin everything they touch. Uh, so shortly after the more, this I'm reading from the story, shortly after the murder of George Floyd, the hands of Minneapolis Police 2020, uh, Google was among many tech companies who set up a new program amid uh, supporting uh, employees, especially minority employees. The goal, said the CEO of Google at the time. Here we go. We have to use this word again because it's virtue soon. To build sustainable equity for the Google community. So he has to throw in the virtue signaling words. To build sustainable, that's one, and equity, virtue signaling, both those words. And externally to make our products and programs helpful in the movement that matters. Google's vocal commitments include improving... uh, reception, uh, representation of underrepresented groups and leadership. Uh, And it talks about doubling the numbers of minority in leadership positions and et cetera, et cetera, but also hiring a whole DEI department. By by mid-2023, DEI-related jobs had declined 44% from the same year prior, according to data, that was provided to the Wall Street Journal. So here again, across the nation, uh, that, that's a huge drop. And it continues to drop over time. Now, there are people who got degrees from universities in in this, in, in diversity and inclusion. and so There's degrees in this. And at first, they were making pretty good money at it because they can get a job with a company that wants to virtue signal, and they can get a pretty good salary in doing it. But now they're being cut. Now, 
which means for them it's back to Starbucks. Jenkins? Yes, sir? Yes, sir? Uh, Jenkins, I'm not quite sure what I'm looking at here in our conference room. Uh, what did you fill all these bowls with? Where are the snacks? Well, sir, this meeting is with our millennial interns, right? Well, yes. Snacking on coffee and donuts is so old school, sir. Oh, right. I remember when we switched to lattes and organic tofu. Sir, that is so last week. This is the new generation. New trends. Gotta keep up with the times. Well, I guess those look tasty. Let's see what these kids are into these days. Well, sir, what do you think? Tastes like laundry soap. Exactly. What's in that bowl? Are those what they what I think they are? Yes, sir. Surely we're not letting them have sex during the meeting. Oh, no, sir. That would be silly. No, sir. You take the condom and you snort it up your nose and then pull it out through Stop. your... Stop. I don't want to know the rest of this. It's the latest trend, sir. Fine. Fine. Just get them in here so I can talk to them. That's changed, too, sir. They will all sit in their seats looking at their phones while you Snapchat with them. Whatever you do, don't talk to them directly and, sir... Yes? No eye contact. How will they know I'm their boss? Sir, we can't let them know that their boss is an old, rich, white guy. That would trigger them. Fine, fine. Call them in. Let's get this meeting started. Very good, sir. I'll just go and coax them out of our company safe space. Well, that image is going to stick with you all day. Now, Glenn Woods fits in your pocket with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. 7.22 is the time it's Wake Up Wyoming. So something I was just thinking about during that news and information break, if you were listening to the last segment, this uh, Department of Equity and Inclusion that a lot of big companies had picked up well, government has it, your universities have them, and so a lot of big companies picked it up back in 2020. And they were virtue signaling at the time. But it was never actually real. They tried doing it, but it wasn't real. And to prove it wasn't real, I was thinking, yeah, but they're willing to drop it so fast. One of the first departments to go in a shaky economy. Then that tells you it, they never had a commitment to it in the first place. And as I thought about that, I was looking for other headlines. Who else might have covered the story? One of my favorite magazines, Forbes magazine, covered the same story. And one of the, they have headlines, like chapters in the story. One of them reads, the commitment wasn't real. It says, a shaky, uncertain economy, uh, well, that's a real reason to start streamlining, right? Nevertheless, it's being used as an excuse for getting rid of chief diversity officers in the company, significantly reducing DEI budgets and staff, and pivoting to, well, an all-lives-matter kind of cultural initiative. In other words, what Martin Luther King said, judge a person by the content of their character. Show up, get your job done, get along. That's it. Judge a person by the content of their character. The story under the commitment wasn't real. Black employees were rightfully skeptical of what leaders were saying in June of 2020 about their organization's newfound commitment to the Department of Equity and Inclusion. Prior experiences with those workplace contexts made them, well, 
basically caused all sorts of problems in the workplace rather than solving problems. And performance went down, not up. So now, since all that started in 2020, and slowly but surely, it has faded until today. This past year, so many companies either massively slashed those budgets or just dropped their departments altogether, meaning it was never real in the first place. And so I wonder what this is going to do for virtue signaling in advertising that we see. Because if you watch commercials, for example, for any company, they like to put a lot of virtue signaling in there. Will they keep the virtue signaling here? Because it's not part of their company anymore, not really. So good news. Uh, Everyone, the entire school, wants to join our inclusion and diversity club. That's like a 1,000 people. Yeah. We can't let everyone join. Why not? What's the point of a club if everyone's a part of it? It's the inclusion club. We're trying to include everybody. What about the neo-Nazis? We can't let them join. I thought we wanted diversity. They're Nazis. We're an anti-discrimination club. And? Not accepting the neo-Nazis is a form of discrimination. Yeah, because they are intolerant. Being intolerant of people who are intolerant is intolerant. If you tolerate intolerance, what's the point of a club that fights intolerance? How do you include people if you don't include the people who don't include people? You don't. That's the point. It's a good kind of discrimination. That's a good slogan. The Inclusion and Diversity Club, a good kind of discrimination. Yeah, just don't tweet it. Oh. Yeah. So you see how this works anyway. It was never real in the first place. Now, I'm going to take that idea of it was never real in the first place, and I'm going to expand it out a little bit. There's all sorts of companies out there uh, who were trying to work with, again, virtue signaling, uh, producing electric vehicles and the wind and solar industries and even local governments trying to get involved in it besides companies that produced it uh, and governments getting involved with it. There was a lot of personal virtue signaling going on as well. But now as soon as things are not working well, it's too expensive and it's not delivering like they, like it was promised that it would deliver. Notice how many companies local governments and countries. So companies, local governments, countries, et cetera, et cetera, are dropping wind and solar and electric vehicles. And I've got some more stories on that coming up this morning, too. If that's the case, then did they really believe what they were saying in the first place when they talked about saving the planet? Did they really believe all of this or were they just trying to virtue signal in order to gain your trust? often find that's the case. Uh, People will try desperately to say the right thing. It doesn't matter if they believe it or not. They'll say the right thing to appear to be in everybody's good graces. And then as soon as times turn and they have to cut something loose, the first thing they cut loose is what they really never believed in in the first place, which is what you're seeing here, which is why these diversity offices are disappearing, why so many companies, individuals, and local governments, even state governments also, are getting rid of wind and solar. And if we think about it, you can probably think of a whole bunch of other things that we spend time and money on as individuals, as companies, and as governments. And yet we there's really no point to it. It was a waste of time and resources. But again, it's people virtue signaling, isn't it? Yeah, and as soon as the need goes away or hard times hit, the first thing to be cut is the dead weight. 
that people didn't believe in in the first place. And you see that happening right now, which is why sometimes I say the best way to win an argument if you can't fight. I mean, you, you talk sometimes to somebody till you're blue in the face and you're just not getting anywhere is just to step back and wait because at some point it falls apart. And when it might take a while, but it will fall apart. And that's when minds, hearts and minds are really changed. When reality comes and slaps them upside the head, which is what we're seeing right here. By the way, these companies that were so proud to announce to everybody, we have a Department of Diversity and Equity and Inclusion. They announced it. They virtue signaled it. But now that they're getting rid of it, you notice they're quietly getting rid of it. They're not proudly announcing that they are. They're hoping that nobody notices because they don't want to get anyone mad. Coming up on 730, local news coming your way right after local news update on your weather forecast. You and I get back into it again. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Listen to Glenn Woods anywhere you roam with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Thirty-six of time at Wake Up Wyoming. Okay, hold everything. Stop the music. This is great. This is just beautiful. I just posted this on my own social media. It's perfect. <clears throat> Probably one of the best memes I've seen all year. There is a a stove, and by the way, it's a gas stove. So <laughs> I've got to make mention of that on my social media post. Did you notice it's a natural gas stove? Oh, that's going to have all the wrong people just upset. And there's a packet sitting next to the burner, which is a vegan bacon. Vegan bacon. So in other words, it's fake meat. And someone wrote underneath, fake bacon is for people who think meat is murder, but still like the taste of murder. <laughs> oh, hang on a second there. Um Got to add that. I'm just going to edit my post here real quick and write, notice it's a gas. Yeah, notice it's a gas stove. <laughs> oh, that's just going to drive people absolutely crazy. Okay, well, I'm going to read it again. <clears throat> Fake bacon is for people who think meat is murder but still like the taste of murder. All right, so I was talking about things that were really never real. It's virtue signaling. It's not. It doesn't actually make a difference in the real world. Here's an example of that. Investors are turning on a key pillar of Biden's climate agenda. Investments are backing off electric vehicle charging companies, a key player in the Biden administration's wider climate agenda, according to the Wall Street Journal. Major companies in their industry, and it talks about the different companies out there, have seen their stock prices tumble as investors pull out because charging stations are not proving to be profitable. Well, here's the thing. When you go to fill up at the gas station, you notice there's gas stations all over the place. 
I mean, we live in Wyoming, and there's still gas stations all over the place, right? I know there's long stretches without them, but, you know, there's still gas stations all over the place. When you live in a very populated area, let's head on down to our friends in Denver, gas stations all over the place. How do those gas stations get there? Government subsidies? No. Government coercion or whatever? No. Private companies, because they know it's profitable. Charging stations, though, are not popping up all over the place. They're not. Even when government shows up, federal government shows up and tries handing out money, which they tried doing in Wyoming even, and it's just not happening. And so investors are pulling out. ChargePoint, which uh, the administration touted in recent years as one of their favorite companies out there, well, they're having a problem. Investors are way down. Biden administration spent $7.5 billion to help out nationwide networks of 500,000 charging stations. It's not working out for them. Second story up on this. Wind farm gets blown off the prairie, it says. So right before Christmas, a federal judge put the bow on a, a bow, pardon me, on a president uh, 12 years in the making. The Osage Nation of Oklahoma, that Indian nation, won a massive ruling in Tulsa Federal Court on Wednesday that requires the company to dismantle 150 megawatt wind project inside their reservation. The tribe's fight against the uh, against this company began back in 2011. Long legal battle here. The nation filed federal lawsuit October 2011 seeking to halt the construction of the wind farm, alleging that the project unlawfully deprived the nation of access to and the right to develop minerals on the land. So there's minerals under the... If they built the wind turbines... There's things underneath the wind turbines that the Indian tribe is saying, we want that. We want to be able to exploit that. We can't do that if you have wind turbines there. Defenders began leasing the surface rights uh, 2013, according to the ruling. Wind farm includes 84 turbines spread across 8,400 acres. That's a huge area. Now, at the same time, you've heard, of course... Uh, wind farm companies. Now, this is all supposed to be about saving the planet. So we'll do anything to save the planet, right? Until it's not profitable, even with government subsidies. So East Coast wind projects are not going to be built. And some that are built are not going to be maintained. And the same thing is happening in the UK. So this is why I say it all eventually falls apart because it's all virtue signaling. General Motors auto dealerships. A lot of General Motors auto dealerships will not be General Motors dealerships anymore because they refuse to be forced to take electric vehicles because they can't sell them. And this is all supposed to be for saving the planet, which sounds great when you virtue signal it. Then you actually try to do it. It doesn't work out and people drop it real fast because... Well, they were never really behind it in the first place, were they? 742, wake up, my own. Want to talk to Glenn? Call 888-97-WOODS or chat him on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. 745 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Usually we go to Don Day to talk about the weather. Don let me know this morning that he's taking the rest of the week off. Now, since New Year's Eve is Sunday, uh, Mark, I think that means Don starts drinking now. 
Possibly. Possibly. Okay. That's he didn't deny it. That's all I'm saying there. Okay. I noticed something here. We were in a bubble of nice, nice weather for quite a while, while everybody around us seemed to be going through typical seasonal weather. And that was because of a high-pressure system Now that was sort of stuck here for a while. Is that correct? It, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Now, and, that uh, moved away, but now we have another one. And we moved away, and we got a blizzard that just blasted eastern Wyoming <laughs> and South Dakota. But now we have another high-pressure system. And this is the same scenario, isn't it? Pretty much is. Yeah, the, the uh, storm system that brought the high winds and snow Christmas Day on into uh, Tuesday is off over in the central plains of the United States, upper Midwest. It's going to be staying there. Uh, and then we got a trough of low pressure along the West Coast out into the Pacific and here across the Great Basin Rockies and high plains. Other than one little disturbance late Saturday into Sunday, we're going to be sandwiched between these two low pressure systems with a skinny ridge overall here in our region. And that's going to conclude 2023. And kick off 2024, Glenn, with overall near to slightly above average temperatures, dry conditions, and get this, little wind. Wow. See, now that little wind thing is really, no pun intended, is just going to blow us away. We're not going to know what to do with that. But then I noticed that as this high-pressure system moves away, it sets up a scenario for opening up the Canadian door. Yeah, but that's not going to potentially come probably for... You know, oh, another seven, maybe ten days. We're okay. going to see uh, mid to late next week. Little Pacific moisture and energy is going to try to come in from the west and that trough over the uh, the west coast, um, but no Arctic air really associated with it. Once it does move through the region, then as we get towards that second week of uh, January, yeah, we could have a pattern shift that very well might open up the frigid doors to the Arctic north and. Um, also bring some snow back to the region, but, you know, there's a lot of time between then and now. Yeah. Well, I just want to keep people on, you know, and enjoy the weather while you can here because at some point when that door does open up, we're probably going to make up, I think, anyway, for some lost time. Yeah, it, it won't be flip-flop weather anymore. No, it won't be and, no. uh, yeah. yeah, and so we know we will be looking for, you know, we've had a really nice, um, fall and early winter overall here across Wyoming. November left a little bit to be desired, but um, September and October were gorgeous. December yeah. overall has been, you know, chilly, but uh, warmer than average. And unfortunately, with this really nice fall weather overall, snowpack uh, readings to date, Glenn, across the state um, aren't doing that great, but okay. we've got the uh, wet spring months to make up for that. All right. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate it. Mark is with day weather, of course. So, all right. At some point, though, that door does open up. Off we go to the icebox. Frank Gambino is waiting by. So I do love to pick on the Torons of Yellowstone this time, though, it's James Bond actor Pierce Brodden. What did he do now? Well, let's see. He, he uh, drove on a road he wasn't supposed to be driving on? Yeah, they had closed an area, and he went into that area. Now, he may on not foot? have... Uh, let me see here. The offense, uh, a petty offense, they say. Oh, it's petty. Yeah, okay. Uh, January 20th, Mammoth, Wyoming... Uh, he could now the maximum fine would be up like five thousand dollars and six months in jail, but that's the maximum. No, 
Uh, so far, he's got a little ticket for it. In many cases, what they ask people to do was such a minor offense. In other words, there was a sign up that said closed, and he went in there. Okay. Okay. So it, usually, it's like a five hundred dollar fine. You know, is typical. Or would you just donate to one of our local donatable things in your name and? We'll, we'll just call go it good. Ahead. Yeah. We'll call it good because it doesn't look like he was trying to do anything bad. I, I don't. Nobody sees that at all. He may have just missed the sign, or does something like that, or maybe you know. I, I was, mean, closed. Yeah, means closed. Yeah, it might just say if there's a sign. Well, in other words, and I think this is a big part of it. Would be a lot. I'm guessing here, Frank, but I think a lot of this is people go into an area like Yellowstone and they're walking around. Ooh, ah, and what they're not doing is reading all the signs because they're too busy looking around going, ooh, ah. And that may be the case here. He just walks right by the sign and that's not what he's looking at. So I would encourage people, when you go to places like Yellowstone, read the damn signs. Well, I, probably the sign is there for this. It's like, you know what? If you go in there, it's yep. possibly you could get lost or buried in snow. Uh-huh. And then we got to go find you. Yes, yes. And so, we don't want to spend time finding you. So yeah. if we don't go there, we can do other things. Here's a sign that I think would be better. Instead of saying it's a $500 fine if you go in there, tell them it's a $500 fee. If they go in there. Yeah. Now, those signs they tend to notice. Yeah, and maybe they'll pay. In college football, the Wyoming Cowboys will take on Toledo in the Arizona Bowl on Saturday afternoon in Tucson. The folks are favored by three and a half points after that eight and four regular season. UW lost to Ohio in last year's Arizona Bowl, and this will be the last game for UW head coach Craig Bull, who will retire after the contest. What better way to send the coach out with a win on Saturday? Now, Toledo is 11 and two, but the team they're going to put on the field on Saturday won't really resemble the Rocket team in the, during the regular season, especially on offense. And you can thank the transfer portal for that. The number one quarterback, Taquan Finn, left Toledo. He's going to go to Baylor. Finn was named the MAC most valuable player as he threw for 20, over 2,600 yards and 22 touchdowns this past season. Then Toledo running back Penny Boone entered the portal, so he's gone. And that guy ran for over 1,400 yards with 15 touchdowns. That's a lot of firepower for Toledo on offense that went right out the door. And it's kind of sad to see the teams that are in bowl games aren't exactly the teams that you saw during the regular season that excelled during the regular season. It diminishes bowl games everywhere. That being said, it's a 2.30 kickoff on Saturday from Tucson. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KOWB and Laramie. In the National Football League, it does appear that the Denver Broncos are done with quarterback Russell Wilson. They're going to bench him for the final two games of the season, really for financial reasons, thanks to Wilson's big contract. He's due $39 million guaranteed in 2024. And if he cannot, cannot pass a physical in March, then he gets another $37 million guaranteed. So the Broncos figure, hey, he doesn't play, doesn't get hurt. We save $37 million. On the football side, head coach Sean Baton uh, does not look like a big uh, fan of Wilson's for a number of reasons. And the Bronco offense is general is mediocre. They're awful in third down and not very good in the red zone. However, Wilson's had a decent season statistically, but not good enough for Peyton. So Jared Stidman will be the new Raiders, uh, new starting quarterback. He was plays with the Raiders last season as a backup. Maybe it's an improvement over Wilson. Maybe not. At seven and eight, Denver in all likelihood will miss the play. 
playoffs for the eighth straight year, and Wilson may be out the door for 2024. General Manager George Payton, who engineered this entire Wilson trade from Seattle in his big money contract, he may be out the door too. And if anybody cares, the Broncos do host the Los Angeles Chargers on Sunday. Men's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowboys will be at BYU on Saturday, and the Wyoming Cowgirls at home on Saturday to meet Boise State to begin Mountain West Conference play. Does anybody really care about the Broncos game? Somebody does. Somebody, yeah. Not, not very many. Okay. You know, unless you like to you know sit back in your chair and just laugh at them. Uh, well, there is that, and yes. there's plenty of it. Well, you know, for the last eight years, they have they they're the best comedy show on TV. See, now this is what I've told you before. I used to watch really horrible movies. In fact, sometimes I still do because I want to know how bad could it possibly get. Well, oh, this would be a perfect oh, yes. movie for Just you. Just tune in there, and how bad can this get? How how much could they suck? We're about to find. Yeah, if I, that's my, that's why you can't hire me as a football commentator. That's what I'd be doing. Hold my beer. Let's <laughs> wake up, Wyoming. Six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. I did not know there was a bill in Bill, Wyoming. Yeah, okay. I, I'm getting a note here from Bill in Bill, Wyoming. Hi, Bill. I know probably the town wasn't named after you. I'm just tossing it out there. Anyway, I was talking about electric charging stations and how, despite all the subsidies, a lot of companies are just going, all right, never mind, in constructing or installing these things because this is not profitable. It's not working out, right? So Bill in Bill, Wyoming says, charging stations are like the treadmill you get for your New Year's resolution. By June, it has been transformed into a clothing rack. Maybe the charging stations will be repurposed as homeless encampments. <laughs> That's pretty good. I can imagine that actually happening, Bill. I, I actually can. Well, in fact, I'm going to let you guys in on something. Just between you and me, nobody else listening, right? I'm going to write an article tomorrow because I accidentally said something to Frank. And, Bill, you're making me think of what I just got done telling Miss Mary about. I have a brilliant plan. Don't look at your radio that way. This is brilliant. It is, too. Okay, so in Yellowstone National Park, we can put up a sign. Petting the bison is a $500 fine, right? But people walk right by that sign, and they go pet the bison, and then they get tromped and all that kind of stuff, and they don't don't seem to notice the sign. Now, on the other hand, if we put up a sign in a booth, so now the sign reads, petting bison is a $500 fee, and there's park rangers there ready to take your money. Want to go pet the fluffy cow? It's going to cost you $500. People don't like to be charged a fee for stuff like that. I mean, that's expensive. I'm not going to spend $500 to pet a fluffy cow. What, are you kidding me? And that's outrageous. See, you change it from a fine to a fee. They also have to sign a waiver. And the waiver, with a lot of small print, lets them know that, hey, look, when you get gored out there, we're just going to let you get gored, and you're going to have to provide your own ambulance, or you're just going to bleed out. We're not coming to help you. We're sick of this. 
That'll be $500. Go pet your bison. See, I think if we do it that way, change the fines to fees, then we've solved our problem there in Yellowstone, right? Uh, okay, anyway, I'm going to write up an article and put it on tomorrow's Wake Up Wyoming site and see how that works for us. I'm not sure that it will, but, you know, I'm always trying to solve problems here, aren't I? Warning. Wake Up Wyoming is about to enter daily open phones. This means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything. I mean, imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted. Scary, right? Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. <coughs> Dave, <coughs> all right, strap in and let's do this thing. Triple eight ninety seven wins the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. You can talk about what I'm talking about, change the subject. They'll all be fine by me. Okay, so I had to look up. I didn't know who this was. Taylor Lorenz. All right. Yeah, I probably thought, what, some kind of an actress or something? No, this is someone who writes for the Washington Post. Yeah, an activist. The Washington Post hired a person who's an activist with a mental disorder. They have a serious mental disorder, she does. Taylor Renz is giving Christmas, and we're going back to Christmas in this one. She missed it for the fourth year in a row citing coronavirus concerns and, you'll love this, selfish people who still refuse to wear a mask. Yeah. She made the announcement while responding to a thread from a user who's recommending coronavirus mitigation methods for a social gathering. I thought we were past all of this, but apparently not. The report lamented in her post that those who refuse to wear a mask participate in the social they are participating in the social murder of disabled people that's what she said here's what it reads totally agree with you on the mitigation advice but i very much judge anyone who participates in the social murder of disabled people just because it's the holidays many of us who are high risk are missing our fourth Christmas, because other selfish people can't be bothered to wear a mask and take basic precautions that allow us safety in public life. This is a person who, again, she's writing for the Washington Post here, and she thinks that you are... I don't even know what a social murder is. What is that supposed to be? It's not murder? Social murder? I'm going to need some help on that. I, I don't understand what that's supposed to be. But, yeah, you are – this is the kind of person you, to this day, see driving alone in their car wearing a mask. The story says this is not the first time the reporter has confronted coronavirus and measures taken to mitigate the threat, real or imagined. August 2022, she had a meltdown on Twitter after the U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention relaxed many of its guidelines, according to Lens, who infamously identified – the woman who runs the popular libs of TikTok Twitter account, the new guidelines essentially allow the world to move on while uncompromised people like herself are hanging in the wind. Quote, literally, what is the plan for high-risk, medically vulnerable and disabled people just to let us die while the world marches on? So you see... 
because they're they think someone like her thinks she's at risk for something then well we're all supposed we're all supposed to be wearing masks and taking other precautions because of them so the whole world has to walk around with masks all the time which makes it very difficult to talk to people but don't worry, I came up with a solution for that. Having trouble understanding people through their masks? I'm sorry, what? I just, I don't understand. Yes, living through the COVID era has caused a lot of communication problems, sometimes with tragic results. I, I don't understand. Why did you hit me? But there's not to be a problem anymore. Not with Muffled, the new COVID mask translator. Oh, no, you don't need to take any language course, just download the app. And now you can understand what the lady at the grocery store register is actually saying to you. Or about you. Yes, perfect for those social gatherings. Those business meetings. Those romantic encounters. Much like buying a new hearing aid, Muffles clears up what people are actually saying behind those masks so conversations can make sense again. Muffles, the mask translator. Now with a new plexiglass filtration system. So, uh, Rianne, you're correct. Rianne and Four Dangers chiming in here. I'm reading an article from a, and from and also about a woman who writes for the Washington Post, and she's just really upset because, well, the government relaxes mask guidelines, and there's people around who refuse to wear masks in, in social settings, and you're harming disabled people. What about vulnerable people like her? Rhiannon and Four Dangerous says, this chick thinks she's the center of the world, apparently. Yes, exactly. Yeah, no, you're right. She does think she's the center of the world. And the rest of us have to do what she says. Or we're just horrible people. You've met this type. This is worse than a Karen. Right? She writes, the same people complaining nonstop uh, about the mental health and cost of lockdowns, even though we never had full lockdowns, and having to wear masks are perfectly happy to force Disabled people to stay locked away forever. Keep an N95 glued to their face every time they step into public, she says. Uh, Lorenz went on to say that Americans with disabilities shouldn't have to risk their lives to participate in society. And said the move to open up all of society is horrific on such a massive scale. Open it up to not having to wear a mask, she means. She says, disabled, medically vulnerable people shouldn't have to risk their lives to participate in society, nor are most even given a choice. Disabled people also have to work, go to the grocery store and the doctor's office. We are human beings in a world just like everybody else. So she goes on like this for quite a while here, but you get the idea. She goes on and on. So, look, I... Really, as far as someone who's actually disabled, not someone who thinks they're disabled, someone who's actually disabled, I understand that they might have a problem. Okay. Uh, but all of society doesn't have to not just mask up, do many other things in order for those people to exist in society. I mean, it's just, it really is unreasonable to ask that much of everybody. And much of the many of the people that she's talking about are not really disabled. They feign being disabled so they can get the attention of it. But for those who actually are, for those who actually are, we do make a lot of accommodations for them. 
but we're not all going to go walking around wearing masks all the time. Look, I'm no hero. I'm just doing what I'd expect anyone else to do for me. Any decent person, anyway. My name is Carlos Ronaldo Jr., and I wear a mask when I'm alone in my car. Still, in the current year, I'm sure I've saved lives. Look, I'm just an ordinary guy who wears a mask when there's no one around for miles. I'm following the science. When people see me driving around like this, a lot of them assume I'm like an Uber driver or something, and the company is making me wear it. But no, I do this on purpose. You're welcome. I just find a real sense of satisfaction in knowing that ah shucks I even hate to say it but that I'm just a way better person than everyone else and I drive a Honda Fit. You know, all it would take for us to beat this pandemic that ended years ago is for all of us to just chip in and mask up even when we're locked in a steel and glass box for literally hours alone. Sometimes when I let the pandemic get me down, I like to think of this phrase that I thought of and came up with myself when I was driving around in my Honda Fit. We're all in this together. This one's for the Wake up, Wyoming. Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Got something to say? Chat on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app or call 888-97-WOODS. It's 23 is the time. Let's go off and talk to Tammy, who's in Casper. Morning, Tammy. Good morning, Glenn. How are you doing? Life is good. What you got? Yes, life is good. Well... I just heard you talking about this booth mm-hmm. up in Yellowstone yeah. for the Turon. Yep. There's one problem. Okay. Before you charge them the fee or you do anything, you need to issue a reading test. Oh. Because they can't seem to read the signs that are already posted. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. So, in other words, to make sure that they know what they're signing when they sign all of that fine print. Well, now, I didn't say that. Oh, okay. Because you okay. could put the fine print, you know, in there to where they'd have to have a super magnifying glass. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but you you need to let them know or make them aware that they are reading this and they need to stay away from them. Okay, so I should make... What if I just point to the sign and say, "Yeah, d- tell me what fee. that says. Yeah, $500 fee to go pet the fluffy cow. Yeah. Okay. Something, because, you know, that's one of the main issues. People anymore can't seem to read, and they can't seem to read cursive writing, so I'm really beginning to wonder if they can read printed signs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I think what you're saying makes complete sense here. Okay. Yeah. This is why we call them Torons, by the way, because they got a public education. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you for calling in. You too. So here's here's what we're talking about, in case you missed it. I came up with a brilliant idea. 
<clears throat> I did, too. Don't look at your radio that way. And I passed it by Miss Mary, who, when I said I came up with a brilliant idea, she looked at me like, oh, God, here it comes. She knows. <clears throat> but then she participated with because it, it's a good idea. Every time there's a sign in Yellowstone, it's a $500 fine to do the following. You know, step off the boardwalk is a $500 fine. And into the acid water, you know, that's a $500 fine. Instead, we just set up a booth and call it a $500 fee and collect the money. You can step in the acid water and boil your feet off. That'll be $500 before you do. That will prevent them because people avoid fees, but they'll pay a fine, apparently. Morning, Mike. Good morning, Glenn. I've got a couple of true stories for you All right. about electric vehicles that happened to friends and relatives of mine a few months ago. Okay. I was talking to my best friend. We've been, we were in the Air Force together, colored roommates, and he went to, he flew to Kansas City to go visit his family who lives up in the wheat country of northern Kansas. Mm -hmm. he, he rented an electric vehicle and then began what he called the trip from hell. Yeah. Of, of trying to find a recharging station in rural Kansas. And then when he found one, did it work or not? No. And when he did find it, having to wait two to three hours simply to get enough of a charge to go about another 20 to 30 miles when he began the search all over again. Yeah. He has sworn off these. He, he, had, he said he'll never buy one. He's noticed that he said they would be utterly impractical out in these rural areas. And he's just, I mean, the, the tale of woe trying to find a, a station uh, or a recharging port. And he said a lot of times when he did find one, if it was working, it was way in the back someplace out of the way where nobody could see you. Yeah. And then the EPA recently came out with something that they, they're not supposed to say this out loud that they, they did, though. They are finding that electric vehicles don't really, in time, as their batteries are getting older, get the range that they were promised. No, I think that's what happened with him because he said when he yeah. left the airport in Kansas City, he had 220 miles, which should have gotten him to this yeah. where his family lived. They've been and it didn't work. Didn't work that way. I okay. mean, just listening to him, the tale of woe of trying to find one of these, and if it worked, and if it, and then spending two to three hours. I mean, I can refill my 36-gallon gas tank on my big old pickup truck in about 10 minutes. Right. And I'm on my way. Can yeah. you imagine me in line for two to three hours, and then you have to wait two to three hours at some recharging station? Mm -hmm. That's why I think my, some, some of these people, uh, charging stations I've seen were right by hotels. And I often thought, or a restaurant. That's why, because you're going to be waiting for a while. That's where these were, the ones that worked were yeah. by motels or restaurants. Yeah. And then my... my um, Niece's husband, they live in New York City because he's got a real cushy job fixing all these high-tech medical machines like MRIs and yeah. CAT scanners. The German company, they provided, he needs a car because he's got all these tools and spare parts and annual. The German company, they every couple of years, they give him a brand new car. They gave him a brand new BMW hybrid. Yeah. And his wife is ready to, you know, sort of bomb in that car because <laughs> they have to, even though it's a hybrid, you have to, he, apparently with this model, you have to have a full charge on the battery to begin with. Oh, God. Okay. They got the, they got the electric bill. Yes. His wife is in orbit still. Oh, God. $400. Okay. Yeah. And this is a hybrid. And you were told that okay, was going to save us money. 
yeah, I mean, even account for the fact that they're in New York City. Yeah. Four hundred dollars, and that's just for one month, and that's just to reach a hybrid, which is not a full electric. All right, I got to run to news time. Thanks, Mike. I okay. appreciate it. Mike sure. from Laramie calling in. To wake up, Wyoming. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Wood. Make your voice heard at eight 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 ninety seven Woods. This is AM ten thirty K two Radio. Eight thirty six at the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Okay, so I got a couple of people helping me out here, and we're going to talk to Frank Gambino about it. It's the article I'll write for tomorrow's Wake Up Wyoming. And see Kyle in Manville. $500 if you pet the buffalo, 1000 if the buffalo pets you. Which I think is good because we're trying to make money off of this. Dan and Cheyenne, why not just let the bison take care of themselves? Because we're trying to make money off of this. Here, here was my brilliant idea. When you put up a sign, like for example, let's say there's a sign that says littering is a $500 fine. So if you drop a bunch of junk on the side of the road and you're caught doing it, it's a $500 fine. Well, who pays attention to that? Have you seen the sides of highways? Sides of highways are just filled with trash because of disgusting people who just throw stuff out. They don't care about the $500 fine, do they? No, okay. So, what if we put up a sign that says littering is a $500 fee? Well, nobody wants to pay $500 to throw a soda can out the window. So, they they won't do it if it's a fee that they have to pay in advance. If it's a fine, they apparently don't care, but they'll pay it. They won't pay a fee. So we go to Yellowstone and, and we just make sure that there's park rangers who can walk around with uh, maybe a little booth, ticket booth they can quickly set up, whatever the case is. There, there's a herd of fluffy cows. Want to go pet them? Want to go get a selfie with one? Well, fine. That'll be $500. Or we can, it, you know, like is suggested here, from Kyle, uh, what about $1,000 if the buffalo pets you? See, that's a bonus there, right? All right, so I'm working on this, and I'll write it up and get it up on tomorrow's uh, Wake Up Wyoming. Why not? I mean, look, we're just trying to help these people out because apparently, well, like, for example, see, was it Tammy who called him from Casper? Apparently, she she's worried these people can't read. Hi, I'm Hank Patterson, world-renowned fly fishing guide and wilderness survival expert. And today, I'm here with a few tips and techniques on how you can survive a trip to Yellowstone National Park. Every year, tens of hundreds of thousands of people are smashed and trampled and smushed to death in Yellowstone by bison, elk, moose, llama, antelope. Thousands more have their faces chewed off by grizzlies and polar bears, and 32,000 people are kidnapped by wolves, never to be heard from again. We've all seen the images of people trying to get a selfie with an elk or putting a baby bison in the trunk of their car, petting grizzly bears or trying to tickle the nuts of a bull elk, and we've all said the same thing. Look at these stupid, idiot, moron people. But the truth is, these people aren't stupid at all. They're simply uninformed and uneducated. They just haven't been taught to have a good, healthy fear of wild animals. In fact, they've been taught the very opposite. What's the number one stuffed toy on the planet? Uh, teddy bears. You want a funny, hilarious, soft bison hat? Look no further than the Yellowstone gift shop. 
Since we were children, we've all been taught to think of these wild creatures as our little woodland friends. Uh, don't believe me? Let's play a little word association. Okay, so I'm going to say a word, and then you say the first thing that comes to your mind, okay? Uh, wolf. Puppies. A pack of wolves. Lots of puppies. Bison. Huggable. Grizzly bear. Cuddles and kisses. Hey, you know that, um, like I'm, I'm like part grizzly bear. So it's no wonder that 178,000 people will perish in Yellowstone this year, which is exactly why I've developed Hank Patterson's six simple steps to surviving Yellowstone National Park. Step one. Uh, stay away from bison. Step two, when it comes to grizzly bears, you're going to want to stay away. Step three, if you see an elk, stay away from it. Step four, wolves. Now, that's a whole different program. If you run into wolves, you want to kind of really be quiet when you stay away. Step five, have you ever had your arm, like, ripped off of your body and then, you know, eaten, like, right in front of your face by a moose? Uh, you're going to, unless you stay away from moose. Step six, if you see a geyser, don't put your face in it. Step seven, do you know the difference between looking at grizzly bear cubs from inside your car and from outside your car? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Stay inside your car. And you're also, you're going to want to stay on marked trails, uh, take water, be hydrated, only hike with friends, and uh, take bear spray. If you're one of the more than 200 million people that will visit Yellowstone this year, remember to take the time to enjoy the beauty and wild, majestic splendor that Yellowstone National Park has to offer. But more than that, remember... Stay away from wild animals. So I gotta figure out here what some of the prices are gonna be, because Miss Mary and I were talking about this. Like for example, uh you know, there are people who step in very acidic water and it just basically eats their feet off. And they were they were warned about that. So how much is it worth then? Do we charge them for stepping in acidic water? You wanna go ahead and step even though the sign said there's a fine for doing it. But we're going to go ahead and charge you instead. It's going to be a fee instead of a fine. How much do you charge someone to stick their face down Old Faithful? Yeah, I, people like to walk out to Old Faithful, even though there's a, there's a sign that says don't do it. I got to find out what is the fine for walking out to Old Faithful, and is it an extra bonus for sticking your face in it? Okay, well. I got to find out what that is. So I got a little bit of research to do here to find out what is the fine and then just turn that into a fee. And now we have a ticket booth at the beginning. If you've ever been to Yellowstone, there's a boardwalk there that takes you out to all of these hot springs. So go ahead and set up uh, a, a booth right at the boardwalk and charge them in advance. So if you want to step off the bar, the boardwalk into the hot springs, the acidic water, or go stick your face in Old Faithful you're going to have a have a ticket to do it you know so there can, we can have somebody standing out there punching tickets oh you're going to go actually you're going to do that we'll punch your ticket you go right ahead but there's something in the fine print and when they get the dis, the disclaimer there that they have to sign before they go because we have to protect ourselves legally right they go ahead and sign the waiver the waiver should be a lot of really, really fine print. And it says stuff right there on the waiver. Do not think for a minute that we're going to help you. You get in trouble out there, you are on your own. So if you're attacked by some animal and you're bleeding out, or if your face has been peeled off by Old Faithful because you stuck your face in the geyser and it went off. Well, we're not responsible for finding your face. Okay, your face is probably melted off anyway, so that's your problem. 
you're just going to have to be faceless, which to us you were anyway. You were nameless and faceless as it was. So as you go screaming back, because you're, now your feet are melting because you're walking in the acid, and your face has been melted off by Old Faithful, and now there's a bison chasing you, that's all on you. And that's what the fine print will say, stuff like that. So there, I think this will solve the problem as soon as we make it a fee. Because let's face it, how many times have you gone up to something that you were ready to buy or do? And then you saw the ticket price and you said, I'm not paying that. And you walked away. That's how my theory works on this. Now, as soon as I write this up, and yes, I actually do stuff like this. As soon as I get done writing this up, I will make sure to send the article to uh, not just Yellowstone uh, itself, the park, but uh, the park services just to see, can I get anyone to respond to this? If, if my past history holds to be true, no. They they won't ever respond to it. They wouldn't dare. But I'm going to try to get some kind of response. Have you thought about this before? Or am I just making this? I bet you I'm the first person to ever think about this. I know I am because I said it by accident about one hour ago. Now, I'm going to, before Frank Gambino, because I haven't thoroughly discussed this with Frank, and he's going to do sports in just a few minutes, and I'll pass it by him. Tammy wanted to add that we should amp it up with, this is a once-in-a-lifetime event. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> this, Yeah, it'll be once-in-a-lifetime, right? <laughs> if it's happening in Wyoming, it's on Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods from K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Eight forty-eight is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Off we go to the icebox. Frank Gambino is waiting by. Okay, Frank, uh, this is developing. I'll be writing a story about it. Okay. We need your help. Okay. <clears throat> okay, so I said last hour that I think I've solved the problem at Yellowstone. Anything that was a uh, a fine, nobody pays any attention to a, a sign that says a $500 fine if. But if you charge them. If you charge a fee, nobody will pay a fee. So I think we should just put up, like, for example, let's say someone wants to go walk in the acidic water uh, near the Old Faithful geyser, yeah. burn their feet off, then stick their face down Old Faithful. Yeah, but, char- a, but charge them a fee to do that. Yes, there's a booth at the beginning of the boardwalk where they can go ahead and sign a disclaimer, which is really small fine print, that basically says what it, when they lose their feet and their face, that's not our problem. Well, well, well here's the deal. The booth is going to be there. First degree burns are a certain price. Uh huh. Second degree burns are another price. Sure. And third degree burns are a third price. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Now, uh, we've got some suggestions. Like if you want to pet the fluffy cow, that's five hundred dollars. If the fluffy cow pets you back, that's a thousand. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we might have to charge you as your body's being carried off the battlefield. Okay, they're not going to like that. No, they're not. But this, see, the idea is to stop the behavior. And this is why I say a sign that says you will be fine. Because they have signs up there that are like, it's, uh, you know, $12,000 if you whatever. Mm-hmm. And people walk right by it and do it. But what if there's a booth that says we'll charge you $12,000? And you can go over there. And, and do and, whatever and, you want to do. test your luck like the carnival. Exactly. Now, most people will go, I'm not paying no. Why would I pay that? No. And they go away. And that's what we want. The, the rare person who will shell out that kind of money, God bless them. 
And, and and you know what? At that price, you know, like the park department will will actually take a video of you too, hey, and and pictures, and then put them on sure. social media and give you a copy also for, oh, for God, prosperity. Great. So and and you might even make the Yellowstone calendar. Yeah. Best Yellowstone 2024 best hits. <laughs> there you go. All right, the National Football League, it does appear the Denver Broncos will be done with quarterback Russell Wilson. They're going to bench him for the final two games of the season, really for financial reasons, thanks to Wilson's big contract. He's due $39 million guaranteed in 2024. If he cannot pass a physical in March, he'll get another $37 million guaranteed for 2025. So the Broncos figure, hey... If he doesn't play for the rest of the season, doesn't get hurt, then we save $37 million. On the football side, head coach Sean Payton doesn't look to be a big fan of Wilson's or the Bronco offense in general. It's a mediocre team with a, just a mediocre offense that's awful on third down and not very good in the red zone. However, Wilson has better numbers than a year ago. Jarrett Stidman will be the next Raiders, uh, next uh, Bronco quarterback for the next couple of games. He was with the Raiders last season as a backup. So maybe an improvement over Wilson, maybe not. At 7-8, and eight, Denver and in all likelihood will miss the playoffs for the eighth consecutive season and Wilson will probably be out the door in 2024. General Manager George Payton, who engineered this whole Wilson trade from Seattle in the big money contract, he may be out the door too. And if anybody really cares, the Broncos will host the Los Angeles Chargers on Sunday. College football, the Wyoming Cowboys will take on the Toledo Rockets in the Arizona Bowl on Saturday afternoon in Tucson. Cowboys are favored by three and a half after an eight and four regular season. And UW lost to Ohio in last year's Arizona Bowl. It'll be the last game for UW head coach Craig Bowl, who will retire after the contest. And what better way to send the coach out but with a win on Saturday? Toledo 11 and two on the year, but this team they'll put on the field on Saturday, especially on offense, won't resemble the Rocket team in the regular season. You can thank the, the transfer portal for that. They're number one quarterback Taquan Finn left Toledo. He'll be going to Baylor. Finn was the Mac most valuable player. He threw for over 2,600 yards and 22 touchdowns. Then Toledo running back Penny Boone entered the transfer portal. So he's gone and he ran for over 1,400 yards and 15 rushing touchdowns. That's a lot of firepower for Toledo that went right out the door. You know, it's just sad to see teams in bowl games that really don't look like the team in the regular season that excelled in the regular season and it diminishes bowl games everywhere. That being said, it's a 2.30 kickoff on Saturday from Tucson. We'll have work for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KOWB in Laramie. Men's College Basketball, the Wyoming Cowboys will be in Provo on Saturday to be BYU and the Wyoming Cowgirls will be in Laramie at home on Saturday to start Mountain West Conference play against Boise State. That's it in sports. Will Coach Bowl get the Gatorade treatment? Um, let's all hope and pray. Yeah, okay. He does, well, like, what, like in the... Uh, when they played in that Boise Bowl, they they showered him in fries. Oh, okay. Because it was the famous potato bowl. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. There was okay. a coach yesterday in the Mayo Bowl. Mayo. Yeah. Oh, I got see. Drenched with mayo. Yeah, okay, so what do you do with this then? It's his retirement. Well, it's just. What yeah, you, oh, wait, wait, Geritol. No, no, or, oh, or like <laughs> cactuses or something. <laughs> Thank you, Frank. No, I, it's just he's retiring, so you just go ahead and take a big bucket of Geritol and dump it on. <laughs> Coming up on some local business, we have to take care of news time after that. National local update on your weather forecast. And then another hour of open phones. Triple eight ninety seven woods that's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Wake up, Wyoming.
906 the time it's wake up point i mean okay i'm getting more great ideas here this is all going to go into tomorrow's article by the way, phone number to get involved, 888-97-WOODS, 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. And if you hear me entering somebody and they, you, they didn't call, what was going on? I'll remind you my job description, as written by me. It's a radio studio, so the walls are padded, right? And I take phone calls. Right? And also people contact me off the Wake Up Wyoming app by texting me. So the definition of my job, according to me, I sit in a padded room. And I talk to myself. And you are the voices in my head. So you see, we're all involved in this crazy together. It's not just me here. All right, so for those just joining me, real quick, and then I'll write up the article for uh, tomorrow after the show or maybe tomorrow morning. Uh, solve the Yellowstone problem. Since people ignore signs that say it's a $500 fine if you do this. They walk right by it. They take their chances. So instead, we say it's a $500 fee because nobody wants to pay $500 to do something. Yeah, we have a little ticket boost and so on. So, okay, let me see. Because of that, Schlugin, Wheatland, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing it wrong, it says people also hate signing up for company newsletters. Maybe make it a requirement to sign up for regular email updates on new animal petting opportunities and occasional discount sales. So now we're having a sale. <laughs> and and then uh, Bill in Bill, Wyoming, schooling opportunity, grizzly bear midwifery, Yellowstone National Park semester 2024, tuition $5,000. I suggested that perhaps we can give people the rare and unusual opportunity to wake a sleeping grizzly in the spring. And that'll be $5,000. You want to go wake a grizzly bear? They're supposed to be up. That one's sleeping late. You go get them. Just a thought. I'll work on that, and I'll go ahead and write it up tomorrow. A cultural guide for shocked Wyoming tourists. Yes, tourist season has begun. Welcome to Wyoming. And we really do mean that. While touring our great state, you might notice a few oddities that some of you out-of-staters see as a little strange or unsettling. This handy guide is here to help you out. Number one, don't freak out when a stranger smiles and says hello. No, that's not a pervert, a drug addict, or murderer, or a mugger. People here are actually friendly, even if you are a stranger. If you are from a major city, you might be a bit taken aback by a stranger looking you in the eye, smiling and saying hello. No need to be afraid. These are actual nice people who really don't want anything more than just a smile and a hello back. Number two, you don't need to feel sorry for small town people. In Wyoming, you will see some of the smallest towns in the history of small towns. These people are not poor or uneducated. They prefer to live quiet and simple. Actually, if you're from a populated state or city, they feel sorry for you. Number three, believe it or not, the people in Wyoming don't care how you did it back home. The people of Wyoming believe that you have ruined where you came from and they don't want to make that same mistake here. 
Number four. Lots of people carry guns. Uh, believe it or not, this is not seen as dangerous or weird. This is actually a very peaceful state, unlike where you're from, that has gun control. Number five. The air smells weird when it's not full of pollution. Actually, it doesn't. You're just used to the airflow having a harsh flavor. The people of Wyoming take care of their land, water, and air. Soak it in. It's actually healthy. Number six. The people are nice in Wyoming, but the animals will eat you. Remember that reaction you gave the creepy people back home when they looked you right in the eye, smiled, and said hello? What if they then try to hug and pet you? Now you know how the animals of Wyoming see you. Welcome to Wyoming. We hope you enjoy your stay. So 9-11's the time. 888-97-WOODS is the phone number. Or if you download the Wake Up Wyoming app at your app store, touch the chat button, and there you go. All right. Oh, by the way, real quick, before I get to the next story, if you ever miss an episode or part of an episode, a lot of people say to me, ah, I wasn't in my car, so I couldn't listen. You can listen anytime you want. This show becomes a podcast after it's done. So using the Wake Up Wyoming app, you touch on demand, touch Wake Up Wyoming, select the episode you want. There you go. And we condense it so it's not a four-hour program. Listen for free, start, stop, pause it, whatever you want to do. All right. Texas has arrested thousands at the U.S.-Mexico border as the state expands power to arrest migrants. About time. Texas authorities have arrested 10,000 illegal immigrants crossing the U.S. border under the arrest and jail operation. What I want to know is now that they've done that, what next? Because they've arrested them. And that's it's still when you say, oh, they arrested 10,000. Yeah, but a lot more got away. Now what? Following the successful arrest, Texas passed a new law that will uh, bolster small-scale operations to expand the authority to make the arrests, says the story, as well as give local judges the authority to order these people out of the country. The changes go into effect in March. Why March? Do it now. The new law comes after Texas first launched a smaller-scale operation to arrest illegal immigrants for misdemeanor trespassing charges. That was back in July of 2021. Texas-Mexico border crossing reached 1.2 million that year. That's, that's just so many people. The initiative allows border landowners to enter agreements with state authorizing trespassing arrests clearing the way for law enforcement to apprehend anyone entering the U.S. illegally through their properties. The Republican governor said he had uh, trespassing arrests will produce swift results. Quote, when people start learning about this, they're going to stop coming to Texas to try to cross our border, he said. Border crossings top 1.5 million over the past fiscal year. And they're still coming through here, he said. So the trespassing arrests are spearheaded by the Texas Department of Public Safety, which said the state's border operation has resulted in more than 37,000 total criminal, criminal arrests. One spokesperson said the arrests included gang members, human traffickers, sex offenders, and a whole... This is why we have, we're supposed to have border security. Let me read that list again. Criminal arrests, gang members, human trafficking, sex offenders, and others, including drugs, etc., etc. That's why we secure our border. Well, we had, uh, had we 
not been there, all of the likely crossings in the world would have been unpinged. The state of Texas is working to send a message to those considering crossing into the country illegally thinking, yeah, the trespassing arrests have been a cornerstone of Abbott's nearly $10 billion border mission known as Operation Lone Star that has – it's a test of the federal government's authority on immigration because the federal government is trying to say, the Biden administration is trying to say, hey, th- that's a federal job. We defend the border. You're not allowed to. Well, you're not doing it. Morning, Mike. Mike is in Casper. Forwarded this email with a question mark. Subscribe here for more Alex Newman, UN. Okay. Okay. I'll take a look at that, Mike. Appreciate it. I'll see if I can find that in my email somewhere. 9.15 is the time. Wake up. When you need to know quicker than the morning paper or the 5 o'clock news, you need Wake Up, Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Mornings on K2 Radio. is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Okay, hold everything. I have breaking news. That might be a good one there. Let me try the other. Breaking news. No, that doesn't fit this one. There's this crash. Eh, not good enough. Breaking glass. The plate. No, not good enough. Okay. Uh, This one might work out. Breaking news. Now, I think I need to use a combination of the two here because... This is going to make some people's head explode when I say this. So I'm going to use a combination of the two. Breaking news. Ford is slashing EV production in half next year. Now, if I could have grabbed on time Greta Thunberg going, how dare you? That would have been perfect, right? Okay, It wasn't handy, but I'll keep that in mind next time. All right, here's what's happening, and this is what I talked about earlier this morning. There's a lot of things people are trying to do artificially that doesn't work, and they're disingenuous about it. If you missed it earlier this morning, the a lot of companies have the Department of Equity and Inclusion in their company, and that's going away. They're getting rid of it because it just sucks down at a time when they need profitability. It's just draining on profitability and not producing anything. And making it more difficult to work at the company, not better. And that's driving people crazy. Well, it was never genuine in the first place. They did it for virtue signaling. So why are companies, Ford, GM, other such companies, why are they trying to get into the electric vehicle market? Well, because government showed up with a bunch of subsidies. That's really the reason why government showed up with a whole bunch of subsidies. We will pay all of this money to build electric vehicles. But the market is just not there for them. And we've gone through all the reasons why. But one of the big ones is you cannot create an artificial market. The demand is there or it isn't. And Ford, despite all the money it's been getting from the federal government, has been losing money on electric vehicles. All right, here's the story. It says, by now, most of us have seen the reluctant reporting from media outlets Uh, Checking in with vehicle dealerships around the United States. Car lots are filled with electric vehicles. Many with their original sale prices reduced. Most people simply aren't interested in purchasing an EV despite any mandates by governments and so on. The White House. In fact, um, Pete Buttigieg, 
your transportation secretary. He predicted, well, by 2050, there's not going to be any internal combustion engines left on the highway. Really, Pete? It doesn't look that way to me, the way this is going. Story says there's various reasons for this, including the high cost of the vehicles, even though there's generous taxpayer rebates and subsidies and so on. And for the uncertainty of being sufficient charging stations, and we've heard all the other problems as well. Ford has seemingly woken up to this reality in 2024. They will be drastically cutting their production of their best-selling EV, the Ford F-150 Lightning. This year, they were producing about 32,000, I'm sorry, 3,200 trucks a week. Next year, they're going to be doing about 1,600, maybe. Let me do that again, 1,600, maybe. Because most of the uh, 3,200 vehicles that they produced... Most of them weren't sold. There were some that were, to be fair. Even where I live here, I've seen one riding around. But most of them never moved. So why produce more? On Monday, Ford announced it was slashing in half its production goal for its most popular electric vehicle. Bloomberg News reports the company's flagship plant in Dearborn, Michigan, now intends to produce about 1,600 uh, in 2024. That's down a lot. Now, the move comes just months after Ford announced it was slashing prices on that very vehicle as well, which to me, they're slashing prices by about $10,000. They're already losing money on this, even with government subsidies. How much lower can they go? And though the company cited lower battery raw material costs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, it really comes down to, and not a lot of people are buying it. Uh, They described the development as an example of what happens when companies heed planners instead of customers. There you go. That's what really matters here. When you listen to the central planners in Washington, D.C. and what they want for the country, instead of listening to what the customers want. Remember, this is a capitalist society. Capitalism works. Capitalism is good. And capitalism gives the customers what they want. So you can produce a vehicle that's a good, robust, strong vehicle that's fuel efficient and et cetera, et cetera. Give the customer what they want and they'll buy it. But you can't produce something and say, you're going to want this and force it on, like what the Biden administration's trying to do. They know Ford appears to be trying to cover their tracks by crediting lower raw materials, the story says, more efficient production practices. But the harsh reality is the demand just isn't there. Despite all of these sunny predictions by the government, the entire concept, it says, is nearly unique in American history and capitalism. We have a phrase, whatever the market will bear. We have that phrase for a reason. Traditionally, manufacturers compete with each other to create a product that you want, that you desire. They work with each other and they compete with each other to find out what the customer wants and everybody's trying to produce what you want at the best possible price. And that's not what you're getting here. The winner of that competition, the real competition, wins the profit. They also Strove to, they strive to make the best product as affordable as possible and also a lot of great uh, service that goes with it. 
The idea of the government mandating the production, the story says, of one type of a product while effectively banning competition from the other type that want to go away, this just doesn't work particularly true when the mandated product is more expensive and less desirable for a whole host of reasons. Not even be- not even better quality. Such a move, the story says, delivers, uh, well, both to the manufacturer and to the public, nothing that's going to move off the lot. It's not the government's place, says the author here, in a capitalist society to dictate what the customer should or should not desire, even if it's being done to save the planet. So people should be deciding. That's how capitalism works. We should be deciding. So there's more to be said here by this author, but you get the idea. So Ford cutting that electric vehicle in half, and even then, when we take a look at how many vehicles they're producing every single week, but they're producing more per week than in selling out there. Which means there's going to be a lot of vehicles sitting around. I wonder, what what are we going to do when we start having to recycle all of this? Not that it can't be. I mean, most everything in these vehicles that was manufactured has to be, or can be recycled. And I'm sure they're going to try. They're going to have to try because we're going to have just acres and acres and acres and who knows how many acres of vehicles sitting around because nobody wants to drive them. Somebody's going to have to come along and start taking them apart and melting things down and trying to make a vehicle that you actually want out of it. All right, 929 is the time coming up on local news. Right after local news update on your weather forecast. Then you and I get back into it again. 888-97-WOODS is the phone number. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Like a strong cup of coffee in the morning. Tasteless, but it'll get you through the day. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Nine thirty-six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. All right, real quick here. This is what I was talking about in the last segment when I was talking about electric vehicles and Ford. Cutting its production of electric vehicles in half, especially of the F-150 Lightning, which was the one that sold the most. It said its most popular electric vehicle. Well, that doesn't mean that the vehicle was really popular. Uh, It it sells some, but not a lot. So they're going to cut production in half. And I bet you it'll get worse than that, too, because people aren't buying them. In the meantime, while this is not just Ford, GM dealerships around the country... About half of the GM dealerships will no longer be GM dealerships because they don't want to accept electric cars. That's inventory that's not going to move. So they're out. And that's not it. I've named other places as well when it comes to producing and selling electric vehicles. It's not going well. Meantime, your transportation secretary, Buttigieg, Americans won't be driving oil and gas-powered cars in 2050. That's actually what he said on uh, Monday's broadcast, Fox Business, Varney and Company. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg said that he doubts Americans in 2050 are going to be driving that old technology, that combustion technology that we inherited from the 20th century. He said, quote, the share of EVs has been dramatically increasing every single year. Pause. No, it's not. Where did he get that? He just made that up. 
All right. And that's continuing now. It's where does he get who who gets his information? All right. Now our goal by the end of the decade, he says, to be about half and half. We think that we that that will happen. But what isn't guaranteed is, first of all, is that EV revolution is going to continue to be made in America. Uh, and then he talks about why and so on. I'm pretty much excited about the jobs being created on U.S. soil. We're going to make sure that the U.S. leads the way in these technologies. I don't know of a lot of people who think that Americans in 2050 are still going to be driving that old technology, that combustion technology. Where does he get – okay. I mean, no, I listen to this guy and I think I don't understand where he gets any of this from. But All right. Uh, I'm watching EV sales going down, not up. And yet he thinks that the market's booming. Okay. Right, this is going to make some more heads explode out there, and I'm sorry, but I'm just going to have to do it. Ready? All right. Trump supporters, <clears throat> I just just get ready to scream bloody murder. I'm just going to let you know. Okay? All right. In fact, it's a good idea if you're in your car to roll down the window because you can hurt, you can hurt your own ears screaming bloody murder. And I know the cars next to you, they're going to hear you, but they're going to be screaming too. Right? Ready? Some city officials want Trump's Hollywood star removed. Did you know that Donald Trump had a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame? Activists forcing Los Angeles city officials to confront an unprecedented question. Whether former President Trump's star on Hollywood Walk of Fame can be withdrawn, according to the... Los Angeles Times. Why it matters? Star has never been removed from the Walk of Fame, which honors more than 2,700 celebrities in motion pictures, television, radio, according to other, and other forms of media. In 2020, a petition calling on the Los Angeles City Council to remove Trump's star has so far received about uh, 3,800 signatures. Andrew Ruddock, the Hollywood resident behind the petition, told the Times that Trump deserves to have the star removed because and he talks about his attempted coup against the United States. It cannot be this hard, he says. This man attempted a coup against the United States and we continue to honor him. Alright, so flashback, Trump was awarded the star in 2007 for his work on The Apprentice and the Miss Universe pageant. Oh, remember, he was the one, I think he rescued the Miss Universe pageant. They were in big trouble. And he came along and rescued it and made it viable again, although I think they're in big trouble again. Uh, his star has been vandalized multiple times since the 2016 election, including being smashed with a pickaxe in 2018. I, each, play, each time it was restored. I do remember reading stories about people vandalizing the star. There's confusion around who is responsible for the stars, uh, the Chamber of Commerce, who Los Angeles City Council, who owns the sidewalks, whatever. So far, neither the chamber or the council has acted on efforts to remove Trump's star, though at least one city council member told the Times he would support its removal. That doesn't surprise me because it's in Los Angeles. One council member told the Times Trump is a racist, a fascist, and a threat to our democracy. But said then, we're, we're looking into it, we don't know. Chamber confirmed uh, to The Guardian that uh, the policy of not removing the stars from the Walk of Fame has not changed all the while that this conversation is going on. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, 
I, you know, I, I look at it as you know, typical. You kind of expected this. I did. I forgot that he had a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Then I thought, oh yes, right. It's been vandalized in the past. That's that's right. It has been. No, oh, okay. So it's. I know there's going to be those people who want the damn thing removed, and no matter what you say and do, it's never going to change their mind about it, and it will be continued to be vandalized. I wonder, are there any other stars out there that get vandalized on occasion? I don't know the answer to that, or I can't just be Trump's, right? 942, wake up. This show contains sarcasm that some listeners may find disturbing. A sense of humor is advised. Chat with Glenn live on the Wake Up Wyoming app. the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to the icebox where Frank Gambino is waiting by. Okay, Frank. Pop quiz time, but you're the perfect guy for this. All right, here we go. Okay, you've been all over the state of Wyoming. As you know, Wyoming is not a mile state. How many miles to there? Who cares? It's ours. Ours, right. Yeah. And we don't have to worry about traffic is heavy. That doesn't mean a thing does. There's no traffic out there. We have to worry about snow and ice. Right. So, okay, you're driving, you're in Casper. Okay. Okay, you're driving from Casper to Lander. How long? 215, 220 maybe? Oh, oh, no, no, but maybe oh. maybe 230. Okay, you were right at 222, says Google. Yeah. So you were right on there. That's about right. Okay. okay. Uh, let me see. Casper to Sundance. Three. Real close, 252. See, I knew you would be good at this. This is perfect. I mean, and three if you stop to pee somewhere real quick. Well, yeah, because there's a rest stop right in Sundance. Yeah, see? Okay, there you go. Okay. We should have done this a long time ago. Uh, Casper to Laramie. 220. 226, according to Google. Again, I see. Now, folks, did you think he would be bad at this? I knew the moment I started putting this together, I'm thinking, Frank is just going to blow this away. You know the distances here. Casper to Riverton. Two. 155, says Google. I'll go with two. I think they Google should just ask you. Yes. Yeah, because you know a lot. Well, and Google's speeds are different than mine. Yes, that's true. Yeah, okay. Um, Casper to Wheatland. 90 minutes, hour and a half. Yes, exactly. You you nailed that exactly. It's an hour and a half to get there. Yeah. How many times have you done that? Uh, too, too many to count. That's exactly Same right. thing with you. Okay. Last one here. Casper to Gillette. 145. Well, okay. See, so you drive it differently because they say two hours and one minute. No, well, that's if yeah. you, you you go on a different road. Yeah, I, okay. I can get there at 145. 145. I'd say that's about right, too. The only thing is for me is... Uh, Highway 50 is in what condition? Right. Because if it gets icy in the wintertime, that's going to take a whole lot yeah. longer. But, but you know what? In, yeah. in the summer, yeah, 50 is so much better than 59. Oh, yeah. That, yeah it's yeah. not even close. Oh, yeah, no, I, I don't even try 50. I go right up 50. Yeah. And the only one time I used the interstate was because I knew that 50 and 59 were in lousy shape. The interstate had a much better chance of being in better condition yeah. anyway. And I think that adds, if you go Buffalo and over to Gillette, it yeah. adds about 20 to 25 minutes. It does add some time, but if the it's road... All, it's all interstate, yeah. Yes, if you're looking for which road is going to be in better condition in the wintertime, I'd say to stay on the interstate. I, I need you to fly me places. Oh, that, okay. Now, this week can start And, and we're going to land right at the high school. It took me to fly from Casper to Gillette uh, about 45 minutes. Oh, <laughs> where, yeah. where's, where's my morning pass? Come on. 
College football, the Wyoming Cowboys will be in the Arizona Bowl on Saturday afternoon in Tucson, taking on the Toledo Rockets. The Cowboys played in the Arizona Bowl last year, and they lost to Ohio on the last play of the game. And this will be the last game for UW head coach Craig Bowl, who's going to retire after the contest. What better way to send the coach out with a win on Saturday? Toledo 11-2, but this team that they're going to put on the field on Saturday, especially on offense, will just not resemble a Rocket team in the regular season. And you can thank the transfer portal for that. Their number one quarterback, Taquan Finn, left Toledo. He's going to go to Baylor. He was the max most valuable player, threw for over 2,600 yards and 22 touchdowns, so he's up. Then Toledo running back Penny Boone entered the transfer portal, so he out. And that guy ran for over 1,400 yards and 15 touchdowns. That's a lot of firepower that Toledo all of a sudden just does not have. It's kind of sad to see these teams when they go to bowl games not being the same as the squad that everyone saw in the regular season. It just diminishes the bowl games everywhere. That being said, the Cowboys are three and a half point favorites of the game. 2.30 kickoff on Saturday from Tucson. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KOWB and Larry. National Football League appears the Denver Broncos are done with quarterback Russell Wilson. They're going to bench him for the final two games of the season, really for financial reasons. Thanks to Wilson's big contract, he's due $39 million guaranteed in 2024. And if he cannot pass a physical in March... Then he'll get another $37 million guaranteed in 2025. So the Broncos figure, hey, if he doesn't play and doesn't get hurt, then we save $37 million. On the football side, head coach Sean Payton doesn't look to be a big fan of Wilson's or the Bronco offense in general. It's a mediocre team with a mediocre offense that's awful on third down and not very good in the red zone. So Wilson's stats are good, but Jarrett Stidman will be moving into the starting spot as he played for the Raiders last year as a backup QB. So maybe it's an improvement over Wilson, maybe not. But at 7-8, and eight, Denver in all likelihood will miss the playoffs for the eighth, eighth straight year and Wilson may be out the door for next season. General Manager George Payton, who engineered that Wilson trade from Seattle in that big money contract, he may be out the door too. And if anybody cares, the Broncos do host the Los Angeles Chargers on Sunday. Men's College Hoops, the Wyoming Cowboys will be at BYU on Saturday and the Wyoming Cowgirls will be at home on Saturday to start Mountain West Conference play and they will host Boise State. That's it in sports. This, Frank, is uh, tomorrow. I'm tomorrow. sorry. Tomorrow, tomorrow will be our last show of the year. Oh, yes. Tomorrow's the 29th. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So there we go. Last show of the year for that. And are you expecting UW to win this week? Yes, I am, tomorrow. actually. Okay. And I think they're going to win on the last play of the game. You do? The last play of the game. Last okay. play of the game. I'm still with you from what you said yesterday. I expect them to win just because they can't let their coach go out like that. No, no, no. Good that, that would be awful. Yeah, so they're in it for the coach. They have motivation yeah, here. It's, and that's all you need. Plus, they lost the bowl game a year ago. Yeah. it's All the motivation stands with them. Okay. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business we got to take care of. I got to roll into news time after that national local update on the weather forecast. And then it's Wake Up Wyoming. And tomorrow is the last show of the year. So I do have some things planned. I, I don't do those year in review shows, but it will be open phones the entire program between 6 and 10 o'clock tomorrow on all of these radio stations and on the Wake Up Wyoming app. So hope to see you then.